building wooden boats, and building community. This week on Living Heritage, it's the Wooden Boat Museum of Newfoundland and Labrador. Hello, and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis, and today's guest is Jim Dempsey. Jim Dempsey is the president of the Wooden Boat Museum of Newfoundland and Labrador. Jim has been around boats in the ocean all of his life. As a boy, he spent his summers on the beach where he always had a boat to row. After studying marine biology and oceanography at university, he was fortunate to be employed in his field for over 40 years. He has worked along the entire British Columbia coast, in the Canadian Arctic, and from Sable Island to Hudson Bay on the East Coast. For Jim, the Wooden Boat Museum has provided a chance to realize a dream to build wooden boats. This experience has been enhanced by the people he has met, the places he has visited, and the stories he has heard. Hi, Jim, and welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Dale. I'm delighted you're here. Thank you for coming in. It's always nice to uh, chat about boats and, uh, and and related things. You know, we're a, we're a fan of keeping traditions alive, and I think the Wooden Boat Museum is a really important part of that in the province right now. Well, we're very definitely a fan of keeping traditions alive, and in... <clears throat> Our organization is like many in North America and Europe, where you know, wooden boats once were the practical solution to transportation, the fishery, and that sort of thing, and suddenly there were other technologies, right. and uh, somehow or another, building boats and wood just seemed like too much work. And so from a practical nature, I can understand that, and uh, you know, I personally have had one or two fiberglass boats myself, but uh, there's nothing like the beauty of a, of a wooden boat and the joy of putting it together. You know, for those carpenters out there, out there who have built houses or maybe made a bit of furniture, um, it's nothing like building a boat. It's, it really is an uh, exercise in three-dimensional thinking. Right, yeah. And, and when you consider the technology that has evolved to meet that challenge and the thought processes and the skills that were required by people with, uh, who had, didn't have much education, uh, it's really an, an amazing uh, accomplishment, and we have a lot to learn from those good practical people. So tell me a little bit about the, the Wooden Boat Museum. How did that, how did that museum get started? Well, <clears throat> we are the Wooden Boat Museum of Newfoundland and Labrador, but uh, uh, 20 years ago, uh, we were a community heritage museum, um, I'm sure everybody's been to a museum where there are a lot of old artifacts and maybe some demonstrations and how they were used and how they fit into the community. And uh, Winterton was a fishing village on the east side of Trinity Bay. And uh, boat building was always an important part of uh, the life there. But it wasn't until an outsider, uh, come from away as a matter of fact, came into town doing his thesis on wooden boat building and he stood back and looked at the heritage and had to point out to the people of Winterton that they really had something here. This was a, a, a unique situation. In Newfoundland, it wasn't that unique, but from his point of view, it was a, a, a unique representation of the way things have always been. So David Taylor, uh, who now works at the Smithsonian, so he's come a long ways, uh, he did his thesis on the wooden boat building in Winterton and uh, brought that outsider's keen eye 
to something that everybody had taken had taken for granted for so many years, which I guess is the the essence of our you know intangible cultural heritage. We just do it because we've always done it. And he had the insight to recognize it for something uh, that was uh, truly unique. At that point, the community museum started to concentrate on its wooden boat heritage, and we became the uh, Winterton Boat Building Museum. Uh, it was uh, housed in a building uh, uh, run by the town. You know, all our finances went through the town. And then in 2008, we incorporated as a uh, registered not-for-profit organization uh, and kind of went our own way. And we made a point of calling ourselves the Wooden Boat Museum of Newfoundland and Labrador. So we've gone from this small, very local uh, view of the world to something we could take out to the whole province. And that's been the essence of what we've done ever since. I think one of the interesting things for me, uh, you know, as a, as a museum goer and as, and as a folklorist, is that it, it isn't really a museum of boats. Uh, so much as it is a, as a museum about boat building. Uh, so there's kind of a living component to it. It's it's about, you know, are certainly honoring the past, but then also bringing that past forward and talking about how we transmit those skills. You're right. <clears throat> it is a pretty uh, interesting museum, and we do have boats. Yeah. But it's the skill of boat building that's important. And we accomplish that in really two similar but distinct streams. In, in one stream, we try to collect as much information as we can about the boats themselves, how they were built, and uh, <clears throat> parallel to that is uh, an understanding of who the builders were. So our folklorists have interviewed many, many Newfoundland boat builders, learned about where they came from, why the boat was important in their community, how they learned their skills, um, what particular features they, they bring into their boat building that maybe is a little bit unique. Uh, and so we've created an archive of important heritage information. And that's great. You know, that's, that's kind of a, a, a traditional way of, of capturing that kind of information. In the other stream, we feel it's important to provide people with the skills to build their own boats because the old guys aren't going to be around much longer, and somehow or another we have to pass the tradition on. So that's part of what we do. So at the museum in Winterton, <clears throat> we have a 40-foot by 60-foot boat shed. Every summer when the, wind, when the museum is open, uh, we have a master boat builder there who's building boats and providing instruction to people who come to attend our scheduled workshops. That's become very, very popular, and... Uh, we have had people from all over North America come to spend a week uh, to learn how to build a dory or learn the, the um, essence of uh, punt building skills. Uh, we have a children's uh, workshop every Thursday afternoon. And I guess more than anything, it's, it's actually a living display in that visitors to the museum, after going through that classic museum with posters and, uh, you know, an interpreter and, you know, putting their hands on things and feeling them, can come out into the boat shed, they can smell the sawdust, they can hear the activity, they can see the boat going together, they have a chance to talk to the boat builder, and uh, I think it really completes the experience for them. So both for the visitors and the participants who are actually learning how to build a boat or learning how to use traditional tools. And now we're offering them opportunities to learn how to cut a fish, row a boat, tie a net, that sort of thing. Um, 
there is an opportunity to at least sample the way things used to be and the skills that uh, you know our, our fathers had to master to survive. Mm. What, what do you think the tourism potential is for that type of hands-on participatory heritage? Well, <clears throat> tourism is a marketing issue, and uh, one of the things we have to consider is that the museum itself is in a relatively isolated location. So we don't get the visitation that grows more National Park would or, or Trinity or um, Twillingate in the province here. Um, so from a marketing point of view, uh, the tourism potential need, needs a lot of work. In terms of the experience for the tourist, I think it's huge. Uh, <clears throat> we offer a package where someone can come down for a week, take one of our five-day uh, workshops, they can stay in a local bed and breakfast, they can eat in uh, local restaurants, and just experience a uh, Newfoundland uh, summer cu uh, uh, cultural experience. I personally have done this. I've gone to Maine. You know, I've done this same thing week, build boats, take in, take in the culture. So I can see that people throughout North America could be very interested in this. Yeah. But selling it to an isolated part of the province is taking time. I think there is kind of a, a, a savvy kind of traveler that is looking for those types of experiences where they want to go and participate. They want to learn something. They want to be immersed in in the local yeah, culture exactly. in a way that's a little bit different from the kind of the more casual tourist who wants to go to the museum and be in and out in an hour you know they they're looking for a very different type of engagement i think i think so i, I myself when i travel <clears throat> have often found myself driving by and saying boy it'd be nice to spend some time there but it's really just a snapshot or a movie as i drive by and i found even by stopping and staying the night and bringing my bicycle in riding around the town or the area, I feel like I'm more engaged with it. So to be there and have something to do and to feel like I brought something home with me, I think would be a much, much more complete experience. So really, from our point of view, it's a matter of awareness. Hmm. How do we find those savvy travelers and make them aware that this is what we have to offer? Uh, I think I think since the early days of the museum, the, the museum has had an annual conference where where the members have come together and some of the older boat builders. Um, this past year, in, in 2016, the conference was a little bit different, uh, a little bit broader in scope. C can you talk a little bit about how uh, what set the conference apart this past year? Sure. Um, maybe I'll start by just... <coughs> Excuse me, uh, describing what we, we do annually and we'll do again uh, the, this year in Winterton. Uh, we take a weekend in, in early September and we'll split it up into a kind of fun and doing day, maybe boats on the water, maybe learning some skills from a boat builder, and then a indoor presentation day where we have a number of people come and talk to us. And, uh, you know, there's some music and some good meals and uh, we've made a point of uh, linking with other communities in the province and actually asking them to host it for us. So um, we've been to places like Glovertown and Petty Harbor, Harbor Grace, Trinity, Twillingate, these places, which all have a, a tremendous boat building heritage, but we also bring the local community into that. So that's been very satisfying. But you're right, in 2016, we went a step further and we or organized an event that was kind of like a conference, kind of like a workshop. And the theme was how the act of wooden boat building 
can help us achieve other ends. So we just talked about tourism. That's obviously one of them. Come down, learn a skill, enjoy the, 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 the countryside. And that's great. We're, we're working sp uh, directly with provincial tourism and other tourist operators to create partnerships to do that sort of thing. But think about the educational uh, potential. Uh, at Wooden Boat Heritage 2016, we uh, met people who are actually using wooden boat building as a means of giving young people the confidence to do something they thought they never could. No technical skills, no appreciation of mathematics and, and, and three-dimensional geometry. Uh, and uh, by building a boat and then using the boat, that is a tremendous uh, enhancement to one's life. Hmm. And a, a lot of these, these kids have never realized that before. So we're trying to um, create that kind of a, uh, an opportunity as well. I mentioned we have Thursday afternoon uh, children's workshops. Um, we let them use sharp tools. Right. Um, under supervision, of course. Yes. But, but, I mean, there's no sense in pussyfooting around with this. I mean, the, the kids are kids. They want to do something serious. Um, so we're very careful about it, but we give them the opportunity. Uh, we had a, a workshop in Petty Harbor a couple of summers ago where we had built a dory and then we took it apart again. And on a Saturday afternoon in the sunshine, down on the stage, uh, two families put the boat back together again. We helped them, and it was a beautiful day. We had a little shelter there from the sun. And, of course, Petty Harbor is a pretty nice place in the summer, and so hundreds of people came down to look at it. But those two families built that boat again in a day. And to see a 7-year-old girl with a jack plane trimming planks, and she loved it. She, yeah. couldn't, she, she couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they had a boat. And uh, then our partners in, uh, in uh, Petty Harbor had a couple of dories. They went out for a row on the harbor. Uh, it was a complete experience for them. But the most important thing is we had young kids that never seen a hand tool before, a couple of sullen 13, 14-year-old boys that didn't want to associate with anybody. They all got into it. They all had a sense of satisfaction. It was a grand day. Yeah. I, I remember specifically at the boat conference, the fellow from the, um, the Rock the Boat uh, program in right. New York where yep. they were working with kind of inner city uh, disadvantaged youth and and it was, it was remarkable the kind of stuff that they were doing and the he's, results the results that they were getting he's yeah. taken on a lot more than we have but <laughs> it, it is remarkable and, and yeah. it's uh it's well established um they're at the point now where they have sustainability um they have a lineup of kids that want to get into it yeah. um and so it, it really is a good example of how doing something and in our case, doing something means uh, learning your heritage and, and learning the skills to build a boat um, really does make a difference. So you had that conference in the fall of 2016. What, what have some of the spin-offs of that been? Um, twofold. Uh, first of all, or, uh, bef before I talked, we got a lot more people involved in the organization of the conference and the actual running of the conference, lots of volunteers. And so it means that our, uh, I guess, volunteer base is increasing all the time. You know, that's a sign of our maturity, but it, it does take an effort to, to do that. But the two areas where we have followed on are number, number one in tourism. And uh, so we're very closely linked to the provincial tourism people, um, the local uh, tourism associations. And in fact, in the past several weeks, I've been to a couple of sessions where 
tour, tourism operators and government uh, uh, support agencies uh, in the Bacaloo Trail area uh, between Trinity and Conception Bays um, have got together to talk about how they can do things together and better and offer a destination, that sort of thing. And the turnout has been surprising. So I've spoken at both of those, and uh, we're a natural destination enhancer for bed and breakfast and and, uh, restaurants and that sort of thing. We give them something to do along Mm -hmm. the way. Uh, So, and we're carrying on uh, with uh, Heritage Newfoundland and Labrador and Gander later this month. And I'm going to uh, Fortune next week to talk to people about a bass growing expedition that'll be passing through Placentia Bay to around the Buren Peninsula to St. Pierre Miquelon this summer. So I'm wound up with those guys. So uh, the tourism potential is high. More important and probably more interesting is the education potential. So we've talked about um, providing hands-on experiences for all ages. Uh, what we is very clear to us and every bu- other community that's uh, built wooden boats and then suddenly weren't building wooden boats is that it's a dying trade. Uh, the active boat builders are not as active as they used to be because they're aging. So really we have to find the next generations and uh, we have to aim at school-aged children to do that. And we've been through various discussions with the university and the Marine Institute and the Department of Education and everybody says, yeah, it's a great idea, but we haven't found that way to get it going. Well, I'm pleased to say that as a spin-off from our Wooden Boat Heritage Conference, we met up with uh, David Gill, a faculty member at Memorial University here in the Depart- in the Faculty of Education, and he's the fellow who provides the technology education component to student teachers. He's got a workshop, and he's got hand tools, he's got power tools, He's got uh, three-dimensional design software. He's got 3D printers. You know, he's doing what he can to prepare teachers to go into the high school and address technology in the 21st century. He really liked the idea of kids building boats. So right away, we, we got talking and saying, you know, what can we do together? And he said, you know, in the winter, my students are out doing their student teaching. So the, the, the workshop is empty. Why don't you come and build a boat in my workshop? So that's what we're going to do. February 16th to April 1st, Thursday nights and Saturdays, we'll be building a dory in his workshop. So that's great. It's another dory building workshop. We like doing this. Boat building is fun. But the really important thing is that David, the faculty member, a few of his students will be taking part in the, in the, uh, the, the, the workshop. Um, It's a chance for the university to uh, exercise their community engagement by inviting members of the public to come in. So that's great. It helps pay the bills. And what we found is that through the education network, a number of professional teachers who are out there teaching right now really like the idea of bringing boat building into their classroom. So we have a number of actual teachers taking, you know, they're coming in Thursday nights and Saturdays on their own time to learn something about boat building. So in May or September, they'll be able to pass some of this on to their kids. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great to see that actually happening in the schools, you know, where teachers and students are building boats together. And what we found, and these things always take time, 
is that you can go to the obvious source and talk to the Department of Education. You can even talk to school principals. You can talk to people at the university, and they all nod their heads and they say it's a great idea, but you'll never be able to do it because there are unions and paperwork and all this kind of stuff. And so we, we went that route for a couple of years. And now, by finding somebody who's in, in, in the system doing things as an advocate, um, he can work upwards and he can work downwards. And we're starting to deal with the people who really make a difference who have enough discretion in, in what they do in their classrooms to start introducing some of the things that we're interested in. Mm. I don't think we're going to turn the curriculum up di- upside down or anything like that, but if a few dozen kids learn the basics of how a, a small boat is put together and maybe a few skills about a ha- how hand tools work and what wood is and things like that, that's a big step forward for us. Are there people from the general public who are interested in these workshops as well? Yes, well, <clears throat> as I said, the museum itself is in a relatively isolated part of the province, and we've been looking for ways that we can offer our uh, standard boat building programs um, in the off-season. We're busy in the summer around the bay, of course, but we know there's a market in St. John's here where people would love to come and, and do a night school type of uh, boat building program, and we've just been looking for the right opportunity. You know, uh, when we go looking for a place, we're looking for pretty cheap rent. <laughs> and this being Newfoundland, uh, every garage, shed, old warehouse is already filled with snow machines and boat trailers sure, and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. So we haven't found the sweet spot. So the, the university is a great offer. So uh, as I said, the university has a policy of community engagement, and they're only too happy for people to come in from outside to participate in a program that they're hosting. So we've, we've advertised this a little bit. We've told people over time that one of these days we'll be doing something in St. John's, and we are getting registrations. Uh, today we had an expression of interest from a 60-year-old woman, professional woman. She said, I'm at that stage in my life where I'm starting to look at what I'm doing next. I'm kind of in transition. And although I have no skills, I'm not that strong, this boat building thing really interests me. Do you think I would fit? Mrs.? you'd fit just fine. <laughs> I think that's really exciting to see people who have had an interest all their lives and have been a little bit hesitant, never had the opportunity. Of course, she'll fit right in. Now, the, the Boat Museum in the past has has offered boat building courses and, and workshops. Yes. You, you built one in uh, Pooch Cove a couple... Uh, Flat Rock, yeah. uh, Flat Rock yep. a, a couple of winters ago. What, what was the response like to those kinds of courses? Um, <clears throat> they were great. As I say, we just don't have the venue to be able to do this on a regular basis. Uh, We uh, built a uh, a Fogo Island punt, uh, originally designed by Frank Lean, uh, quite a well-established boat builder. He's um, uh, not very well right now. He's quite old. Um, But beautiful little boat, and we built that in Flat Rock. And the reason we were able to do it is because... My, my neighbor let me have her, her garage. <laughs> that's, that's the scale we're working on it. But we did a night school thing, you know, Wednesday nights and Sundays, and we built that boat, and we used it in, a, in workshops at the museum for years, you know, putting new planks, new timbers in it, and that sort of thing. And we eventually uh, sold it, and it's been used extensively in the St. John's punting circles, uh, in the in the St. John's Harbor punt races. So we're making associations with those people, and... Uh, uh, as an aside, the, a natural extension of building the boat is using the boat. And uh, there are people in, in town, in the province, who are encouraging this kind of recreation. 
we saw at, at Woodenville uh, Heritage 2016 how the so-called uh, St. Ale Skiff in Scotland has taken off as a kind of club competition boat. So clubs are building their own boats. Now they're using contemporary techniques, but they're building their own boats and they're going out on the weekends for these meets all around the country and they're having a great time as a team. It's great exercise, you know, have a few beers afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's a, a great social celebration. So, um, you know, these things always require a critical mass to really take off and if we can keep things going and uh, encourage enough people to be involved it will go off it take off by itself you've you've alluded to this a, l- a little bit but i want to i want to focus in for a moment as you know we're getting closer to the end of the interview but i i wanted to talk a little bit about partnerships and kind of the importance of organizations forging partnerships beyond their beyond their smaller network i think that's really important i mentioned that when we incorporated <coughs> As a registered uh, nonprofit organization, we call ourselves the Wooden Boat Mil- Building Museum of Newfoundland and Labrador, and uh, we have given ourselves a mandate to create partnerships. Uh, originally, we thought, well, you know, there's a village here and an outport there, and you know, they're all famous for their boats. And uh, one by one, we have got to know a number of people around the, around the province, and we have a few partnerships. Each one is different with communities like that, but. Partnerships are more than just communities. If we think of this uh, 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 coming workshop with the university, we now have a partnership with the university, you know, and we're kind of lighting the fire in in a different group of people. We're starting to work with government agencies, uh, you know, tourism and heritage and Parks Canada, people like that, who see the value of traditional boat building as part of their message. So we we have the technical background to be able to help them to get into that sort of thing. And what's beautiful about the partnership approach is that we don't have to rule the world. Our job is to encourage other people to do it for themselves. And that's what's really satisfying is to see it catch on and people start to do it. They're not stealing from us. You know, we're giving it to them so that they can, uh, they can go on and do it themselves. Mm. Uh, we don't want to replace fiberglass boats or uh, that sort of thing, but we do think that the heritage has a lot of value, as I said, just straight heritage, tourism potential, education potential. All those things are really important, and uh, uh, it's our job to give it back. So if there was a, a community organization, a heritage group that that thinks we they would like to start forging these partnerships, where's a good place to start? Like, How do you start to do that kind of partnership work? What advice would you give uh, a community museum? Well, it doesn't have to be a community museum. Um, once again, as a, as a result of Wooden Boat Heritage, um, there are a couple of um, <coughs> Anglican priests uh, outside of town and in Mount Pearl uh, who have all th- seen this as a great way to deal with their youth. And so um, they're starting to move in that direction. They're starting to draw on their own resources. They don't really need that much help. They just need the, the idea, and then they can go out and find their own resources and do it in their own hometown. Uh, so in that case, you know, you have somebody who has a real motivation for community development, for youth improvement, that sort of thing. Uh, for for <clears throat> other organizations, um, they just have to be interested uh, it's my understanding that there's a group in Monday Pond area of, of St. John's that wants to bring back their own local regatta. 
They want to, they want to put boats on the pond uh, this summer. We have people that are connected with them, and we can help them do that. Mm. So, uh, like I say, we don't have to do it for them. We don't have to own their program. We just have to get them interested, and we'll help them any way we can. So if people want more information about the work of the Boat Museum, how can they, how can they find out more? Well, we have a great wo- a website, <clears throat> uh, which is easy to find, Wooden Boat Museum NL. Um, and uh, all of our telephone traffic is directed to our project manager, Beverly King, in Winterton. And she can be reached at 709-583-2070. Um, but we're a really easy Google, and our website is really quite informative. And you have a Facebook page. Facebook page, there, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Google yeah. is your friend. These we, have, we have a whole social media uh, program. Every Saturday we, we, we ramp it up. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we do all that stuff. We we got a few young people that know their way around this stuff. Well, we'll be we'll be watching and seeing the progress of the of the the Dory Building project. I'm sure. Uh, I think this is an exciting opportunity for both the university and this, and especially for us. And the education component just thrills me. Great. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Dale. I'm Dale Jarvis. You've been listening to Living Heritage, a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. You can find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Our production assistant is Tara Barrett. We would love to know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment on the Living Heritage Podcast Facebook page or tweet us at ich underscore nl. Thanks for listening.